0: us, and she did a great job yesterday, and I want to uh, say on behalf of the elders that we appreciate you being here, and I know the ladies yesterday had a great day, and everything was prepared well. Appreciate all those who helped decorate and prepare the food, and even the servers did aight. Eddie Cron kept us straight, and it ended up being a pretty good day. Also, I'm glad that JoJo's back. Thanks for your prayers. I appreciate her being there. It's been a void uh, on the pew, and she's back. So I appreciate it. Miss Lynn's here. I'm glad she's back. And Jimmy, we got a lot of people that are back, and I appreciate the prayers uh, for the saints. Isn't it a powerful thing, prayer? Doesn't it help? I mean, we prayed for them to be here, and here they are, right? What a, a blessing that is. It's not just something that we do just because. We do it because we know that, that God answers prayers. What a blessing that is that we have in Christ Jesus. So today, I want to start a new series. And it, the series is entitled, The Power of Words. And today, our series starts with the title, Our Words. You know, you ever heard the saying, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. What do you think about that? (laughs) What about this one? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me unless I believe them. Then they can destroy me. How powerful! are our words they can be reckless they can be rewarding they can be true they can be false they can be hateful or they can be pleasing they could be condemning or they could be compassionate James chapter 3 verse 5 says, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. The reality is that our words have power to build up or tear down. Am I right about it? We live in a world of social media and we've all seen the effects that it has on the people who write things On those sites, we see it in the TV by the things that people say to each other. The truth is that relationships can be utterly destroyed by just a few words. So, we are about to go into this series on the power of words, knowing just how big of a responsibility it is for us as Christians to use them as the Lord sees fit. Amen? One of the most common reasons people seek help from a counselor, a minister or a therapist or an elder, is because they carry the weight of shame from harsh and mean-spirited words spoken about them. Many have carried the shame for decades And it has shaped their life and relationships in a toxic way. The truth is those harsh words are killing them day by day. Has somebody ever said something to you that hurt your feelings? I guarantee you can think about that moment right now. Have you ever said something to somebody that has hurt their feelings? I bet you could think of that moment right now now no wonder the psalmist said in Psalm 141 3 set a guard O Lord over my mouth put it over my mouth keep watch over the door of my lips why would he say that because the things that we say are a big deal The way that we say things are a big deal. The sad reality is that the world and even Christians, our own brethren, us, have a real struggle with words. But as children of God, we are not to use our words to destroy each other. We're supposed to use our words to build each other up to help and to bless each other. That's the whole point of what Paul says under the inspiration of God in Colossians chapter four, verse six. He says, let your speech always, not sometimes, not when you feel like it, not when you're having a really good day, always be with grace seasoned with salt. Why, Paul? Why do we need to do that? So that we know how to answer each other. The reason why I discipline my words and I make sure that the things that I'm saying is correct so I know how to communicate with people. Am I right about it? Proverbs twenty-one twenty-three says this, Whoever guards his mouth And tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Brethren, I don't know about you, but I don't like being in trouble. Do you? There was only a couple times that I got called to the principal's office and I did not like it. How about you? It was not a good feeling. Or what about when you had to walk into your parents' room? I'll be in there in a minute. You just go in there and sit down. You remember that long 20-minute wait thinking, what in the world is going to happen, right? I mean, I don't even know what I did. But Jesus, the master, the savior, he takes us into a deeper understanding of why we speak the things we speak to each other. Here it is, brethren. Matthew chapter 15, verse 18. You remember when Jesus says, but those things which proceed out of the mouth, where do they come? They don't just come from out of nowhere. No, they come from the heart. And they defile a man. When we think about our lives and we think about what we're saying to each other, what we're saying about each other, what is really in our hearts? Good or evil. You know, First Peter chapter three verse 10 says, "For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and his lips from speaking, deceit." How should our speech be, brethren? Beloved Beloved of the Father How should our speech be? What kinds of words should be coming out of our mouths? You know the different people The ecclesia The called out folk Hey I'm proud to be a called out folk How about you? (laughs) I'm proud to be a representative of Jesus Christ Do people know it? Does my family know it? Do they know that I'm different when I come out of this building the way that I talk to them when I'm at lunch? Do they know that I'm different when I'm at home and I'm tired and I'm wore out and I had a tough day at work? Do they know it when Wednesday night comes, when Sunday night comes? Do they know it when Sunday morning comes? Am I happy to get ready? Am I excited? You know, I think about a ball game. I went to two football games when I was younger in California. I went to an Oklahoma-USC game and I went to an Oklahoma-UCLA game. Man, I couldn't sleep that night. I mean, come to think about it, I think I slept in my jersey because I was going to be ready to go. Charlie Thompson, number six jersey, boy. I was ready. How do we feel in the morning when church is going to happen? When the brethren are going to come together? Is it a chore? I appreciate some texts that I get in the morning talking about what a great day it's going to be. It's the Lord's day. It's time to rejoice and be glad in it. How about that, brethren? How should we speak? We should speak words of grace seasoned with salt. I've got three things for you this morning, and then the lesson will be yours. The first thing that we need to consider, and I want us to look at James chapter 3 to find these truths, James chapter 3, I want to start in verse 8. The first thing that we need to consider when we want to uh, and should be talking about speaking words of grace that are seasoned with salt is we must be wise. Think about Proverbs chapter 12 and I want you to remember this one as we go through this lesson because we'll come back to it every once in a while. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword. Have you ever been poked by your knife? Isaac gave me a knife and it was really sharp. I mean, I don't have knives in my pocket, man. I'm from the city. I don't know nothing about no knife. So what do I do? I pull it out and open it up and immediately poke myself. It hurt. And slit my finger. It's like, I don't need that knife, man. (laughs) I mean, I'm not gonna use it for what I need to use it for. I'm gonna injure myself. That's a bless your heart moment. It's okay. Y'all can laugh at that, right? So I don't carry a knife. But the piercing of that knife, the sharpness of it, it hurts, doesn't it? Brethren, look at this. This is, there is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword but the tongue of the wise does something boy I like this proverb the tongue of the wise promotes health see I can do that when we speak do we speak as one who is wise look at James chapter 3 verse 8 It says, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives? Or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Out of the tongue, we bless the Lord. And out of the same tongue, the same tongue... We curse men. Does that bother you? Think about your life right now. Think about the things that you have going on. Think about your world. We're busy, brethren. I know we got a lot of stuff going on. But think about the way that we talk about each other. Do we talk as one who's wise? Or are the words that we speak piercing swords? Are we speaking in a way that brings physical and spiritual health? Or are we cutting and tearing down? You know, I may not say it exactly to that person, but I may say it in my home and my kids hear it. And then the next time they see that person, what do they think? And then the effect continues and it continues and this virus grows and now I look like a hypocrite to my children and now my children think being a hypocrite is all good. That's what Christianity is about. We're different. If you call yourself a Christian, you're different. Jesus said, if anybody wants to follow me, the first thing that you're going to have to do to be on my team is deny yourself and become just like me. You think Jesus talked bad about somebody? You think Jesus blessed the Lord when he prayed and then cursed Peter and Paul and James? Are we promoting health or are we cutting down? We can tell how wise we are by the words that are coming out of our mouth. What's the second thing to consider? Are we wise? Well, we can tell it pretty quick by our actions. I didn't mean to say Paul earlier. I meant to say John, and I apologize for that. Jesus was already in heaven when Paul was around. Am I right? Excuse me for that. That was a misspeaking, however you say that. Think about this. Look at verses 13 through 16. Who is wise in understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. How is our speech always with grace seasoned with salt? How do we prove our matureness as a Christian? By our good conduct. By our conversations With each other. Look at what it says. Let him, verse 13, show if you're wise by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Have you ever thought about what it means when it says meekness of wisdom? Well, the Greek word meekness right there, it means a mild disposition. It's a gentleness of spirit. So if I'm going to be in meekness of wisdom, when I receive the truth, when I receive the understanding, I don't receive it angry. I don't receive it mad. I don't receive it as, no, not today. I receive it with complete meekness. Why does that matter? Because if I receive it with meekness, then I'm going to accept it. Am I right about it? When my attitude is a meek, doesn't Jesus say something about that? Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the meek. So being mature in my faith will be shown by the way that I handle the wisdom. Where's the wisdom come from? We know it comes right here from the word. So Proverbs 12 verse 18 says, Are we a piercing sword with our words? Or are our words promoting health? Are we paying attention to who's listening to what we're saying? Is the first thing we do when we get into the car is complain? I tell you what, brethren, this talks to me. It breaks me down. I'll admit it. I'm not scared to admit it. Sometimes I say things that I shouldn't say. Sometimes I do things with my words on purpose to control a narrative. It ought not be. It ought not be hey pray for me brethren will you I fall short of the glory of God but I don't want to I want to say the right thing every single time I want to have the right attitude when I'm talking to somebody who I'm angry with or I'm upset with or who has stabbed me in the back over and over and over I'm pouring my heart out. You want to know why I want to pour my heart out to you, brethren? Because I love you and I want you to help me. I need the church, I need you guys. I want to be better. Are we piercing each other? Or are we promoting health? Brethren, we can know where real quick where we stand in our lives when we put this application into play. And James even adds more to the understanding. Look at verses 15 and 16. It says, This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, it's sensual, it's demonic. Demonic. You know, this piercing sword attitude, it's full of bitter envy. It's full of self-seeking. Have we ever stopped and thought about the way we talk, really? Have we ever stopped and thought about the way that we talk about each other, Is it always based on making us look good and never being our fault? Is it always, uh, are we always ready to put it out on somebody else and never being willing to admit our faults? You know, I struggle with that, but today I'm about to tell you right now, I'm admitting my faults. I struggle sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes I do really good. Sometimes I do great, but sometimes I don't. And I say things to Aaron that I shouldn't say, and I say it in a disrespectful way, and I say things to Isaac, and I say things to the brethren because I get angry and I get frustrated. And you know what? I apologize if I have. But it's time to get real in our lives we can make a huge impact on each other by the things that we say. I love getting a compliment. I love somebody telling me that they got a verse that they've been studying about and they appreciate it because I remind them of something in that verse. I appreciate those things. Don't you? but having bitter envy towards somebody, being self-seeking and controlling that narrative and building that team so you can get things accomplished, it ought not be, brethren. It ought not be. How do I make my speech always with grace, seasoned with salt? I've got to be wise in my thinking, and I've got to make sure my actions are are done in meekness of wisdom. But brethren, neither one of those points will happen in your life if the last point isn't you. You won't be wise and your actions will not be according to God's will if this point is not who you are. The last thing to consider Is how do we have words of grace seasoned with salt? We're spiritually minded. Look at verses 17 and 18. It says, But the wisdom that is far is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. This is a great verse. That verse 18, boys, powerful stuff. You want to know where words of grace seasoned with salt that promote health come from? They come from a heart that has pure wisdom in it. It comes from a heart that is gentle. It comes from a heart that is willing to yield. To yield. You know what, that person has hurt my feelings over and over again. And you know what, I want to say something so bad. It's controlling me, but not today. I'm gonna to yield. To temptation. I'm going to go about it another way. You remember what Paul says about helping your enemy? Remember what ends up happening if you do it? The Bible says that you heap coals of fire on their head. Now that's good stuff. Maybe not for the person that's getting coals heaped on their head. But a heart that has pure wisdom, a heart that is gentle, a heart that is willing to yield, a heart that is full of mercy and good fruits, a heart that shows no partiality like we talked about in class, a heart that has no hypocrisy in them. That heart, that heart will produce, here it is. Man, I'm proud of myself. I don't write good, but boy, this one came together so good and I just want you to hear it, okay? And just be smile when you hear it, okay? Because I worked hard on this and I erased it and corrected it and I wanted to make sure that it was a powerful thought. But a heart that has all of those things will produce seasoned words of grace to whoever it comes to in contact with am i right about it man i like a steak that's got some good season on it don't you marinate that thing and put it up in the ziploc bag and you put it in the fridge and then tomorrow in the afternoon because i done poked some holes in it boy that thing's gonna be right and then when i slap it on the grill whoo it's gonna taste so good that's the kind of person I want to be. That's the kind of person I want to be that people are excited to be around me. Not because I'm a hypocrite and I'm faking it, because I sincerely love them. I sincerely care about them. And I want to help them through tough times. I want to help them through problems. Not swaying from the truth, not watering it down. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about being there and being an encouragement. But that only happens if we are spiritually minded. Are we? I want you to think about Romans chapter five, 8, verse 5, 6, 7, and 8 as we close. For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, you have to ask yourself this question. Are you living by the Spirit? Or are you living in the middle? Or are you living totally for the flesh? Well, here's the deal. <laughs> that middle still in the flesh. But look at what verse 6 says. It says, for to be carnally minded or fleshly minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. As a Christian, what do we want? We want to go to heaven, don't we? I want to go to heaven so bad, don't you? But you know what else I want while I'm living here on this earth? I want peace. Don't you? I don't want chaos in my life. One of the biggest compliments that I got from my dad... Is when he came into my house, he said, this is a house of peace. That's awesome. That made me feel great. But to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is understanding life forevermore and peace while you're here on earth. See, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Now think about what that says. To be carnally minded, you're not going to hold yourself into subjection to what God says. But if I'm spiritually minded, I'm holding myself accountable to the utmost degree. Brethren, today, if you had to think about your words, where are you at in that measurement? Are we putting ourselves into subjection to what God says or are we not? We can know real quick by the things that we're saying, by the things that we're talking about. Verse 8 says this, So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. As we begin this study on the power of words, let us strive this week like you never have before. Please do it for me. Like you never have before. Speak words of grace seasoned with salt so we'll know how to answer each other, so we'll know how to talk. To each other. Brethren, let this be your prayer Psalm 19, 14. Listen to what it says. Let the word speak. Let the spirit be in your heart. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. My strength. my Redeemer. Don't you know that your Redeemer lives? Don't you know that your Redeemer loves you? Don't you know that your strength comes from Him alone? Let the words of your mouth, brethren. Let the words of your mouth, church. Let the words of your mouth, beloved of the Father, be acceptable. In his sight. Maybe you're here today and and that is just not you. Maybe today you're struggling with those things. Maybe the way that you talk are not acceptable to God and they're just outright disrespectful to him. Make it right today. Ask the Lord to forgive you and he'll cleanse you and he'll wash it away and change. Turn from those actions. And live like you should. But maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. Maybe you're here today and you're contemplating it. Here's what I want to tell you, friend. Outside of Jesus Christ, there are no spiritual blessings. That is not my opinion. I didn't make it up. It's what the Word of God says. Oh, this is my favorite part. Because Jesus made a way for you. Jesus made a way for you to be his, and he did it with his blood. He died for you so you could be called his child and live with him forever. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Peter told him on the day of Pentecost to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. Ananias told Paul, he said, what are you waiting on? Arise and be baptized and wash away them sins, man. And you can call on the Lord. If you need to be saved, brethren, I love you guys so much, man. I get so excited to come up here and speak. I love you all. If you need prayers, if you need to be saved, don't wait and don't miss the opportunity as we stand and as we sing.